Welcome back to Trending in Education. Mike Palmer here, uh, joined by friend of the show, uh, Frank Jones. Frank, welcome back to the show. Hey, hey, Mike. Hey, hey, Mike. Good to be back. Good to have you. And uh, we're here to talk a bit about uh, a recent poll uh, that uh, the Harris company, uh, in addition to Harris Polling, uh, partnered with Lego to do uh, a survey of children ages eight to 11 in China, the United Kingdom, and the United States, asking them which professions uh, they wanted to be when they grow up. And uh, the, the results are interesting. Uh, it's a topic we've covered on previous shows where uh, we talked a bit about how uh, that can be a difficult question for a child to answer. And uh, before we get into the specifics, which, uh, which will cover astronauts, uh, vloggers, YouTubers, you name it, uh, I wanted to begin with uh, just a, a question for you, Frank. Like, were you asked that question when you grew up? And uh, how did it make you feel then? And now that you are an adult, is this the type of question you ask kids? And how do you think kids feel when they're asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yes to all of those questions. In fact, I still ask adults that question. You know, people are in their 30s and 40s. What mm -hmm. do you want to be when you grow up? Because I feel like you're never too old to stop having aspirations and things to strive for, right? Right. But specifically to... to the question to being a child, I can recall wanting to be a pilot yep. and wanting to be uh, a baseball player, Sure, wanting to be uh, an entertainer. Yeah. I think at, at different times in my life, if you would ask me that question, I would have given you a different answer. Yep. But all of those would have been somewhat uh, rooted in what was shaping my reality at the time. Yep. Right. So when I was playing little league baseball and traveling, that's, that was my thing. That's what I wanted to do. Right. right. As I got a little older uh, and started getting into arts and music a little bit more. I wanted to be an entertainer. Um, so I think it really all does depend on, you know, what children are exposed to and what's making up their environments at any particular time. I, I assume if you ask those same kids, well, now it's different, right? Because YouTube has kind of come in and changed the, the, the game a little, right? Yeah. Especially from the concept of like, who doesn't want to just sit at home and record videos and make millions of dollars? So I don't even right. know if that's that outrageous of a statement for, yeah. for any person who um, believes and realizes that, you know, capitalism and, and, a, having to earn a wage is something that's very critical in uh, society. So you try to figure out what's going to give you the greatest return on your investment. And yeah. You look at your time right now. Yeah. Yeah. And interestingly, you know, like uh, we'll get into some of the specifics around uh, the, the, the results of the poll, but I think frequently people may uh, want to answer with more than one thing. So like, you know, right. it, it is interesting, you know, do you want to be a professional baseball player do you want to be uh, a musician? Do you want to be uh, an astronaut? You know, you may contain all those potentialities as a child and as, as adults, we may want to encourage a little more openness too. Like, so when you're saying you want to be one thing when you grow up, doesn't necessarily close you off to other opportunities. Right. Um, although interestingly, and a lot of what, uh, what this particular, uh, article gets into is uh, the astronaut uh, track uh, in particular, because it's one of those tracks like, you know, becoming an astronaut, becoming a doctor. Um, it's not something you can kind of 
stumble into late in life. You oh, need absolutely to, not. yeah, I think the yeah. level of, of commitment and dedication that it takes to become an astronaut really is at like the, the peak of human existence. Right? Yeah. You have to be physically fit. You have to be mentally sharp. Yeah, having a found sound uh, understanding of math and science. You got, you got to be comfortable with discomfort, whether it's diapers or uh, space sickness or or whatever. You have to have a little bit of resolve. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it. I think it truly is the the peak of human like existence from my perspective. Out of all the professions, I feel like that to me encompasses more than being a an athlete yep. or an entertainer that's at the top of their game because sure. it takes so many different layers of skill. Yeah. You know, I think they're saying that uh like what is it, eighteen thousand or so people yeah. got uh applied but only 12 actually make it in or something yeah well they were talking about the uh the candidacy program yeah the astronaut candidacy program also known as ASCAN, uh which uh, i'm a big fan of uh slightly uh slightly amusing acronyms so like ASCAN, uh ask astronaut candidates refer to themselves as ASCANs, uh and um highly selective and uh, very difficult to get in uh, because of all of the reasons uh you were describing frank and then um, really rigorous program to get into um, actual space, you know, so like there's a lot of uh, really uh, rigorous physical tests in particular. Uh, and then uh, to your point, like you need to have some kind of scientific um, expertise or qualifications to to even be admitted. Um, so it's interesting. Uh, one of the things that uh, that we also uh, have been looking at as it relates to this is even though the results of this um, survey, which I think we could talk about next, um, get into um, you know sort of the reverse order of what maybe some of uh, some of us might want, where astronauts are the the lowest percentage of U.S. and U.K. kids are saying that they want to be astronauts. Highest percentage of U.S. and U.K. kids are saying they want to be bloggers slash uh, YouTubers. That's concerning, uh, but at the same time, the number of applicants uh, to become an astronaut is still high, and uh, we're still able to uh, pump out enough talent uh, into our astronaut astronaut candidacy programs. And uh, it's not like we have a shortage of astronauts now, right. but um, but it is it, it is th these results are interesting and, and they're actually the opposite of what we're seeing in uh, at least in terms of the top and bottom choice. So I'm interested. Why did you choose the word concerning? Well, uh, well, if you look at uh, China, for example, as the, the counterpoint, so the U.S. and the U.K. are, are similar uh, in the, actually they have the same rank order uh, where in the U.S. and the U.K. the top um, percentages go to vlogger slash YouTuber teacher is second, professional athlete third, musician fourth, and astronaut is fifth. As opposed to if you look at China, astronaut is first, uh, teacher is still second, so that is an interesting data point. Um, musician third, professional athlete uh, fourth, and then vlogger, YouTuber is 
is in last in China. So, so that's so, not surprising, right? To some extent, given the strong emphasis that China places on science and math, yes, the internet restrictions that they have, correct. So not as many people are probably the 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 great uh, the great uh, firewall of China yes. uh, is is making it less likely that that eight to eleven year old uh, Chinese kids are wanting to become vloggers. Whereas, uh, you know, on the flip side, in the U.S., U.K. Uh, there is increasing concern that uh, 8 to 11 is an age where kids are already spending too much time with screens, too much time at YouTube. And then also there are many examples of kids who are earning six figures on up because they've established themselves as uh, some type of brand ambassador yeah. of some sort. Yeah. 100%. And what I also find interesting, right, is if you think about the age group 8 to 12, what are those kids doing? They're on YouTube yes. devices and they're in class right? right they're they're around their teachers right so mm -hmm. again i think your environment is influencing what your uh outerly world perspective is as sure. it should right yep. so if you think about eight to twelve year olds you're going from your parents to school to your device back home to your parents right, right? so unless you have a really firm understanding of what your parents do uh, most people rarely want to do the same thing that their parents do yeah um, so, it may, may depend on the age but yeah right. yeah uh yeah, I guess in, in, in the age group, specifically 8 to 12. So, yeah, I think it just kind of makes sense to me that China would, would be uh, at the top of the list, given their emphasis on science and math, and that, you know, UK and US kids want to be famous and celebrities, right? There's right. a proven track record. It's, it's so, what's appealing to it is that I can do that too. Right. Right. Everyone knows that they can't become a doctor. Even if you kind of have those aspirations, you kind of know your limitations because people can just say, well, I'm not good at science. I'm not good at math. Right. So uh, while that doesn't necessarily mean people can't overcome those obstacles and barriers and become more proficient, right. it just means that people aren't they're less likely to say this is what I want to do with my life if I know it's going to be something that's inherently going to be difficult. Right. 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 And and it's if it's relatively easy to try and there's not a lot of pain and failing why not why not lead with that although it is interesting to me that um at least in the china example the percentages are such that it looks like you know there's 56 percent say uh, they want to be an astronaut 52 percent say they want to be a teacher 47% a musician, 37% an athlete, 18% a vlogger slash YouTuber. You add those up, that's more than 100%. So, uh, so plenty of, uh, of the respondents in China are selecting more than one of these uh, professions. You look at the United Kingdom or, or the United States, and those percentages are a lot closer to uh, 100%. So uh, what, that, what, that, what that means is they were not selecting... Generally speaking, the, in the U.S. and the U.K., they were selecting one or few of these. And in China, they were more likely selecting uh, more than one. And I think uh, the ones that they chose, I think, are more uh, reflective of what there's a clearer understanding in China, what the society is want, what the government wants you to become. And there's more consistency around what is, uh, you know, sort of... Uh, prioritized th through the command economy of China to say, we, we believe very much that, uh, you know, China is a thing that we need to represent for. We want to develop people who are good representatives of our society. And the pinnacle of that would be an astronaut. 
something uh, really relatively close. If you look at 56, 56% astronaut, 52% teachers, um, what's common to both astronauts and teachers is the idea that we're giving something back and we're sort of representing for the society. And then as you move down to musician, okay, middle of the road, but then professional athlete and vlogger, uh, YouTuber, professional athlete and a vlogger, those are more individualistic, like I'm in it for myself. So, so I think it's an interesting uh, contrast there. Um, I also do find it interesting uh, that teacher scored second really across, across the board. Um, but um, maybe shifting gears a little bit, because, uh, uh, you know, we could definitely refer back to these uh, surveys. There's also interesting questions around Just one other space point travel. on that, though. Sure. I think the survey was over 3,000 people. I just don't know if that's statistically enough to give, to draw any meaningful conclusion. Right? Yeah. It doesn't say, I don't want to go too far down like the statistical model sure. here of like trying to figure out how many of the kids were asked the question multiple times. Yeah. Is this 3,000 for US, UK, and right. China? Right, right. Or is it 3,000 combined from each, all of those countries? Right? Sure. We don't know any of those details that yeah. influence these percentages. So uh, that's one thing. But I, I just think overall, it's, it's not surprising to me that people are gravitating towards things that they believe, hey, I actually can do this. Sure. It seems to be an opportunity for me to provide for myself and become, you know, known, right? Sure. Celebrity is, is yeah. probably the most powerful currency. I, I like to think that, you know, if, if you could really just imagine if we revered uh, intellect and math and science the same way that we do athletes and entertainers, yeah. just on par. Not to say that athletes and entertainers need to be dropped down or whatever, but just if we elevated our sciences to the same level, society and life would be different, right? Yes. Because you would have people aspiring to be, if we made it like, you know, the cover of GQ was, yes. you know, an astrophysicist yeah. and, you know, right. at the, uh, what is the, the, the Met Gala, you yeah. know, you know, yeah, people who are showing up from astronomy, right? Sure still mingling with the other celebrities in, in society instead of the SBs, if we had the STEMIs. Yeah. Yeah. Cause really it comes down to a branding issue for me. I think if, if we want to make our youth be more interested in math and science, yeah. then we have to make math and science part of the thing that they're getting inundated with they're getting right. constantly inundated with all these other messages from celebrity and entertainers. Yeah. You have to figure out a way to interfuse math and science and knowledge inside of that whole machine that's already pumping out. Here's how you should think. Here's yeah. how you should feel. Right. If you want people to be more responsive and more in tune to math and science, yeah. interweave some of that into the property. Yeah. Well, I, I like that you added that in because that that's really uh, right in line with with uh, the pivot that that I wanted to explore, uh, also it you know uh, in response to this survey, I think it's partly Legos trying to figure out how to sell Lego kits, uh, and I think you're not alone. Yeah, yeah, and well, well, you're also yeah, and you're not alone in thinking like you know aspirationally we want kids to get more motivated around STEM, and being motivated around STEM is something that is hard because like being motivated around you know, turning on your, your, your smartphone and recording your take on anything in the world, that's relatively easy. So like trying to get kids to hunker down and do the hard work to get good at STEM uh, requires some other techniques. Uh, this in part was tying to Legos trying to sell yeah. its 50th anniversary uh, space kit. 
Um, but for you, you were sharing with me as we were getting ready um, that that you've, uh, you know, taken a nephew of yours un, under your wing and you've been trying to motivate them because uh, the astronaut stuff hits close to home. So I'd, I'd love to it, love it to hear a little more of that from you. My goal was to try to make it hit a little closer to home. So shout out to my nephew, uh, Malik, uh, my sister's first son. He's now 13 years old. But uh, while he was still a, a child, a toddler, I had this idea. So again, I love astronauts. I think that they should be held up to a higher uh, regard in society for all that they try to do and do do for uh, humanity. Um, so because of that, uh, I wanted to try to subconsciously convince my nephew to become an astronaut. So yeah. I started buying him a bunch of space-related gifts over his you know, first six years of life, mm -hmm. um, telescopes and uh, puzzles that were space themed lego lego kits lego kits were in there yeah. um the you know the the galaxy how you can like put in those little uh projectors that put the constellations on the ceilings yeah well you name it whatever was space related i was buying it as a christmas gift birthday gift and wasn't even sure if it was actually working mind you i didn't even tell my sister her husband yeah. i was doing it's subliminal it. yeah yeah so uh i think he's like maybe 10 one time and he's talking to his little brothers and cousins and he's like yeah you know when i was younger i used to want to be an astronaut but now i want to be a cop i think and i'm like wow it was actually working you know and then he told me just the other day when i was telling this story this actually made me have a love of star wars so i said well i guess it kind of yeah worked right but the point is that i believe that again if you want your your child or your your people who you care about to be interested in math and science, yeah. then figure out a way to interfuse it and make it cool. Don't make it such a chore and don't make it a thing that's easily to dismiss because it seems to be hard. Yeah. Because people will shy away from things that are hard. Yeah. Nobody wants to do anything that's difficult. Right. Exactly. Especially, um, you know, I think that is the, the knock that is sort of backed up here where like, at least in the U.S., it's easy to go after what's easy and it's hard to motivate people to go after what's hard. And like, that's something that is discussed a lot. I do think it's interesting the choices that were put out here though, too, because there isn't anything STEM related that is more entrepreneurial private sector. So it's not like found, you know, founding a robotics company or, you know, becoming a software developer or, or becoming an, an engineer. Like none of those are really provided as choices. So like, yeah. astronaut winds up being the most in line with that but it's also a highly selective very small slice so only right. so many people can become astronauts right. whereas like a lot of kids today you know even a, a game designer which is kind of like a vlogger in that kids enjoy games and they're building their minecraft boards and all that right. but but it does require stem it does require engineering it does require creativity that wasn't included as a choice on the list which is interesting, right? Yeah. It's kind of like, again, if these are the things that children believe are their only options to choose from, mm -hmm. then are we in some ways creating a self-fulfilling prophecy, yep. right? So no one's going to think about becoming an engineer or right. an entrepreneur or right. a business person. Like things or a laborer or a constructor or a general right. skills person, right? sure. things that you can ultimately develop and sustain your life for. A lot of these things, being a professional athlete, what right. is the percentage of someone becoming a percentage? Uh, Small, yeah. Right? But astronaut, you know, I think teacher is probably the uh, the most uh, obtainable right. uh, job on that list. You know, cause even to be a professional musician, mm -hmm. to be able to do that professionally and take care of yourself and your family is, yeah. is a very difficult thing. So I yeah. feel like all of those jobs were were in some ways um, 
unrealistic to what people ultimately, the, the majority of us would do. Yeah. Although interestingly, I think there are a lot of what uh, an eight to 11 year old, eight to 12 year old would be exposed to. So like they would know, although astronaut depends. And to your point, maybe we need to focus more on, you know, NASA, um, I'm, I'm talking to you. Uh, and I know NASA does have educational programs that they're trying to sort of infuse into K-12. But outside of that, you know, these kids, they're exposed to teach, like the teachers are the adults they see and trust as much as anyone aside from their family. That's right. The musicians, you know, kids are probably exposed to music at this age. So like, it makes sense. They would understand that they're playing sports and then they're on YouTube. So like, you know, it makes sense that at least in terms of the discoverability of astronaut as a career track that, you know, you probably need to have at least a sense of it when you're young because, you know, the, the gates close relatively quickly, although I'd be curious, you know, what, you know, which astronauts have sort of opted into that as a late bloomer, like a late bloomer as an astronaut, it's like you're, you're 20 and you decide you want to be in. Um, But, uh, but I do think there's a lot to, to explore around uh, what are we doing in terms of our educational system to expose um, kids to as many diverse paths as possible. And rather than treat it as uh, somewhat narrow and limiting and, and also, which paths can you opt into later in life versus which tracks do you need to get on pretty early uh, and make that choice early? And exposure is the key. Like this yeah. Thing. Yeah. Well, and, and also like the idea of, um, you know, it's okay to, to change course too. It's okay to answer that question in different ways, you know? And um, that's something that, that, uh, that I think we've, we explored, we did a show on multi-potentialites and multi-potentiality. It's tricky to say. But, uh, but the idea that, um, you know, in, in the, the future of work, it's going to be really important to be able to transfer skills for those of us who are not deeply expert in a domain. And even for people who are deeply expert in a particular domain, those domains may get disrupted to the point that you're going to need to shift and relearn and unlearn things that you learned earlier in your life. So, uh, so all that stuff's I, I think really interesting. I did want to cover off uh, with you, Frank, maybe a couple of the other survey questions that sure. were in here that I, I thought were pretty interesting. So, one is, uh, you know, kids basically are expecting us to get into space, and they are also expecting uh, to go into space. So, seventy-five uh, percent of the kids surveyed think that we will live in outer space or another planet and 75% of kids would want to go to outer space or a different planet. So any, any thoughts on, on those, uh, those survey results? I think it's awesome because I think it, it, it helps me feel good in the notion that um, aspirational dreams and vision is still part, uh, it's very much still part of fabric of our children's um, mm-hmm makeup right because yeah. i feel like you know as these kids get exposed to more and more things at these earlier ages i, th- I feel sometimes like imagination and dreams somewhat being taken from them because they're so um constantly inundated with with things and thoughts and images that they may not sit back and think about what it would be like to to travel into space but now i see that the flip side to that is that there's so much i think content out there yep. that's kind of already reinforcing this this thought right when you have people like um elon musk and yep. branson and all these private people trying to develop these space programs outside right. of nasa right. i think makes it become a more um, realistic 
goal and, and, and expectation for people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, we used to think that we would see flying cars in 2020 back right. in the 80s. And, right. and still, it's not here yet. But yeah. um, it's it's along those same lines. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with those kids. Like, I believe, I mean, <laughs> and the other, the, the dark side to that is that they probably realized that, like, well, because you guys are unwilling to do anything about climate change, yes. you're going to have no other choice but to live yeah. in space because, you know, you guys are being irresponsible. Yeah, it's you know I, I I really find this 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 line of questioning against this audience to be really interesting for adults because like you know, in some ways that aspirational aspect of answering this question when you're eight to eleven, um, you kind of don't want to lose that. And I think frequently you know as the teen years set in and the complexity of life uh, starts to, you know, impinge on your worldview. Um, some of the innocence of these ideas and, and these aspirations uh, start to evolve and change. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I always get inspired by, think, you know, thinking about, you know, if I were really coming at this fresh in the way that like a kid would, how would I think about answering that question? And, uh, you know, interestingly, there is a little, uh, you know, the child is the father of the man, you know, like you kind of want to go back to that uh, base level thinking, especially nowadays, because, you know, the world that kids today are growing into is very different than the world that that maybe we grew up in, you know, 10, 20, 30, 30 years ago. Yeah. 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 So, um, so I think we're kind of wrapping up on uh, on this uh, this segment. So uh, any uh, any parting thoughts for our listeners as as uh, as they sort of grapple with some of these ideas? Uh, believe that you can ultimately achieve whatever you want to achieve, and that your options in life are never limited to what people present to you. Is the message to everyone uh, listening here and uh, far? But overall, I just think that the the focal point is that the children need to have a uh, voice. They need to have guidance and that they ultimately need our support to become who they are intended to be so that we can all have the the lives of prosperity that we're expected. Awesome. Thanks again, Frank Jones. Uh, Thanks again to our listeners. Uh, We'll pick up with more on this topic soon. 